Hey there, truth seekers, freedom fighters, defenders of liberty, deplorables, lizard people, insurrectionists, and mega, ultra, mega extremist Republicans, and all you annoying voters that MLG refers to as the other people. I'm your host, Becca Marie, and you are listening to Freedom Speak. We are unindoctrinated, unvaccinated, unrestrained, unashamed, unrelenting, unapologetic, and unafraid. And I want to add, I am also non-GMO. On Conservative Talk, ABQKDAZ, 96.9 FM, AM 700, and listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. Check out my website at freedomspeaknm.com where you can listen to playbacks of any of my previous shows and check out the other useful resources I have posted there. You can also get the podcast of this show on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple iTunes. Email me at becca at freedomspeaknm.com to send me questions, comments, and even get started advertising. So I got some guests in the studio with me today, as usual. It's going to be a really packed show, as usual. I got tons of notes here on things that I've been keeping track of. And uh, I think it's going to be an interesting three hours. So I saw a topic the other day that somebody mentioned on social media called mass formation. Now, I, found, I, I dug into that a little bit. I found that rather interesting because, as you know, I've been talking about the craziness that's been going on for almost three years now where people seem to have just been brainwashed. They're just blindly following orders. I've, I've mentioned about PSYOPs operations and all those sorts of things. And I think this mass formation psychosis I think it explains a lot. I'm going to let you be the judge. I'm going to talk about it. So, do you believe a system based on information given to you by so-called authority figures without being given any supporting evidence? Do you not even question what you are told is true without even questioning why? Then you might be suffering from a condition known as mass formation psychosis. Especially all of you out there that um, said yes to those previous questions. Listen to what I'm going to say. You be the judge, whatever. So according to Merriam-Webster, a psychosis is a serious mental illness characterized by defective or lost contact with reality, often with hallucinations or delusions. Mash... Mass formation psychosis is when a large part of society focuses its attention to a leader, leaders, or a series of events, and their attention focuses on one small point or issue. Followers can be hypnotized and be led anywhere, regardless of data proving otherwise. A key aspect of the phenomenon is that the people they identify as the leaders are the only ones that can solve the problem or issue. I'm from the government and I'm here to help. They will follow that leader regardless of any new information or data that is discovered. That is if the government hasn't suppressed that information. Furthermore, anybody who questions a leader's narrative are attacked and discarded. Now, we've seen so much of that going on over the past three years. We've seen people canceled. We've seen people ridiculed for questioning the so-called vax. We've seen people ridiculed, canceled, for questioning the science of mask mandates. Now, the only science we've seen, for the most part, going on 
for the past three years is political science. So there are four key components needed for a large group to experience a mass formation psychosis. They include lack of social bonds or decoupling of societal connections, lack of sense-making. In other words, things don't make sense. Boy, I've been having that problem a lot the past few years. Free-floating anxiety and free-floating psychological discontentment. A lot of people are very discontent. I know I have been. And as a matter of fact, all of the symptoms, actually a lot of the symptoms I'm going to mention to you that go along with this whole thing are things that I have experienced myself. I'm going to break down all of these components and compare them to what we have witnessed for almost three years now. Lack of social bonds or decoupling of societal connections. Remember how literally all over the world that tyrannical governments used the overblown pandemic, which I call a plandemic, as an excuse to isolate us all from each other. Businesses deemed non-essential were forced to shut down. People were told to shelter in place which I thought was ridiculous because, I mean, that's what you do when you think there's going to be a bomb attack or something. And to stay home. Schools were closed. Churches were told to close. And if they didn't, the preachers got arrested and thrown in jail. All public gatherings were outlawed by mandate. Public parks were closed. Everybody was ordered to wear a mask to do business anywhere. Even the streets of New York City look like a scene from the movie I Am Legend. You ever seen that movie? If you ever see the movie, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. A place that's normally like bustling with activity. It's busy. People are all over the place. I've been there a couple times. Empty. It's hard to believe, but it happened. It was creepy, and it created an atmosphere of doom and fear. This was the intent, and it worked. This tactic most certainly separated us and destroyed most social bonds and societal connections. All the things we have been taught our entire life to do to stay healthy was forbidden by the government. Get out and get some fresh air. Oh, no, we can't do that. Get some sunshine. Oh, no, you can't do that either. Then beaches are closed. The parks are closed. Uh, We don't even want you out walking your dog. Your kids better not be playing in the park or we're going to arrest you. Exercise. Oh, got to close down them gyms and the parks where people normally like go jogging and stuff like that. Gathering with friends. That's another one. Couldn't do that. I literally was getting together with some, a group of people. We had a literal speakeasy going on in Santa Fe that we were going to. We were having dances. We were having karaoke nights. We were having a lot of fun. We were also told not to ask questions. Only do what you were told. How about things not making sense? For those of us that were not blindly following orders and believing everything we were told by politicians and mass media without question, there were a lot of things that did not make sense. I don't need to talk about all those things because, after all, it's what I've been talking about for the last couple of years while I've been on the radio. 
And if you've been paying attention, you've heard them all. Unfortunately, a large number of people did simply follow orders, did as they were mandated to do, and gobbled up every morsel of nonsense that was fed to them. Many people, out of fear, quite literally destroyed their own lives for what they were made to believe was the greater good. You know, I saw businesses out there. This is the thing that got me the most. Businesses out there treating their customers like garbage, throwing them out because they won't wear a mask, being rude to them. The whole concept of customer service and the customer's always right, out the window. Discrimination, oh, that's out the window too. Some of these places I've been doing business with for years, when they threw me out for refusing to wear a mask, I told them, you realize I've been coming here for years. I've been a loyal customer. I will never be back, ever. They didn't care. Businesses literally put themselves out of business. They were so brainwashed by this nonsense. And I think what I'm talking about here explains it. Free-floating anxiety is a general sense of uneasiness that is not tied to any particular object or specific situation. The term is often used to describe symptoms of anxiety seemingly for no reason. I meet a lot of people like that these days. Concern. Feelings of discomfort, dread, fear, jitters, misgiving, nervousness, panic, unease, restlessness, stress, difficulty concentrating. Well, there's multiple reasons for that, which we're probably going to talk about too. I think one of my guests has a personal experience with that. Fatigue. You know, being stressed out and nervous, that'll make you tired. That'll wear you out. It'll just emotionally drain you. I, I know sometimes I get uh, a, a migraine headache. It's like that. you got this throbbing headache, and it just goes on, and, and it just literally makes you exhausted and tired. Irritability. Well, that, that certain, certainly happens from all of that. Muscle tension. Well, there you go. Stress. Sleep disruptions. Well, when you got stuff racing through your mind and you're worried, and it's like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. I'm going to kill Grandma. You can't sleep and worry. I'm guessing that things like losing your livelihood, going bankrupt, being afraid that you're going to suddenly die a horrible death, losing your home, looking at someone wearing a creepy mask everywhere you go, standing in a bread line in the freezing cold, being shown fear porn everywhere you look, being told to choose between an experimental injection or your job, and being kept from gathering with friends to name a few might just cause any number of the symptoms I just mentioned. What has been intentionally done to us all is similar to what a soldier returning from battle experiences known as PTSD. Somebody mentioned that to me that had been in the military. said, yeah, it's just like that. You know, you're living under constant stress conditions, you know, people shooting at you and all this other stuff for a prolonged period of time. And then when you get out of it, it's like, wow, it's hard to, hard to feel like you're out of it. I can, I can understand that. I've been in uh, stressful work situations that were like that, that literally, you know, after I finally left, it took me a long time to feel better. I know what, I know what that's like. <laughs> 
Lastly, a sense of discontent may sit in that involves a lack of satisfaction with one's possessions, status, or situation. Free-floating anxiety is a general sense of uneasiness that is not tied to any particular object or specific situation, and when followers start to participate in a strategy to deal with the object of anxiety, new social bonds typically emerge. People change from a highly aversive, negative mental state and isolation to the exact opposite to the extremely high level of connectedness that exists. Basically, those that were living in fear will bond together and form a new social connection to battle the object causing fear, such as the fear of dying from a deadly virus, with a collective single-mindedness. I bet you guys have seen that, haven't you? They will obediently wear a mask, socially distance, and ultimately accept the so-called vaccine, which, by the way, isn't a vaccine. All the anxiety connects to the object of their fear, namely the COVID-19 virus. The people are willing to follow the strategy to deal with this object, no matter what the cost. A new kind of social bond emerges and a new kind of sense-making. The sudden switch from lack of connection to a massive social connection leads to a mental intoxication. This intoxicated state is what makes mass formation or crowd formation the exact equivalent of hypnosis. Starting to make sense to you now? What we've seen is a form of brainwashing. It no longer matters whether the narrative is correct or wrong. What matters is that it leads up to this mental intoxication. And that's why the brainwashed masses continue to go along with the narrative even if they could know by thinking for one second that it is wrong. I recently connected with a friend I hadn't seen in a long time. He's been vaxxed and boosted. He's completely... He's completely sold on all of this. And he'll continue to get boosted every time they come out with a new one. He will do everything he's told. This is somebody that is highly intelligent that I used to think was a good critical thinker. So, you never know. Who fell for this? Doesn't seem to have anything to do with intelligence. Even though the evidence is now all over the place that formerly healthy people are suddenly dropping dead from heart attacks, I saw, I saw an interesting video the other day. These are out there, but you got to dig because, boy, I'll tell you, the sensors are hard at work. Uh, just burying everything. They do not want you to see this stuff. I saw a couple of really horrifying videos in which a couple of people were standing at like a subway station near the edge of the track, and they literally just keeled over and died, fell into the track, and got ran over by the train. I saw two videos like this. <laughs> My God. Another thing is aggressive cancers that were formerly in remission. Well, now they're just like going like crazy and they're killing people. Blood clots. We've seen those. And any number of, and I love this term, unexplained causes. It amazes me that even the doctors are indoctrinated. I have no trust in the medical, the medical community anymore. The doctors, uh, they're even going for this. They actually think this is acceptable to say that people are dying from unexplained causes when it all leads back 
to one thing. People under the collective spell believe the parroting by government and media that the vaccines are safe and effective. They keep saying that, so they keep saying it over and over again, so it must be true, right? Even though we have credible and proven data to show, in fact, they are neither one of those. I believe this sickness has been intentionally inflicted upon the world in an effort to tear everyone down and turn them into obedient followers of the new world order to serve those that desire to enslave us all. How do we endure this crazy world we now live in and hopefully wake up others that have been driven into the state of madness? We'll start off by staying mentally healthy and actively surround yourself with like-minded, rational-thinking, non-fearful people. Form a community to spend time face-to-face. Connect with the real world. Not on social media, not on Skype, not on FaceTime. No, get together without the stupid mask, look at each other's faces, have conversations, interact with each other. Trust me, physical, in-person interaction is way different than talking on the phone, texting, video, conferencing, whatever. Get together, have a conversation. Construct a new normal to show people there are other options to escape the old normal. And stick to the principles of nonviolent resistance. I've been saying that all along, peacefully, peacefully non-compliance. Just say no. Nonviolent resistance is important because any aggression, and that includes speech or action, can justify the masses to channel all aggression at the dissenting voices. I believe we're living in the end times. A lot of people agree with me on that. There are several mentions in the Bible about being set apart for God, and I believe this applies especially now. I'd like to conclude with a couple of Bible verses that I believe apply especially to the current time we live in. I hope they give you inspiration. Revelation 18.4 Then I heard another voice from heaven say, Come out of her, my people, so that you will not share in her sins so that you will not receive any of her plagues. John 4, 4 through 5. But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Those people belong to this world, so they speak from the world's viewpoint, and the world listens to them. So, <clears throat> hopefully that uh, gives you a little bit of inspiration. Maybe some of you out there that are uh, victims of the mass formation, maybe that will trigger something in you that make you think that, hmm, maybe something's not right in the world. So I got my guest in the studio with me today. I got uh, somebody I hadn't had before, was introduced to me by a good friend, Sean Ebright. And then I've got Mark Abramson from Los Ranchos Gun Shop returning again today. 
And uh, I'm going to see what these guys think about all this. Um, Sean, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Uh, hi, everybody. My name's Sean Ebright. I'm uh, from Thoreau, New Mexico, which is uh, most of the time not even a dot on the map. When you look at it, I'm about halfway between Grants and Gallup way out west. But, um, you know, I'm uh, somebody who's a Navy veteran, and I'm, I've been working. Thank you for as, your service. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for being worth serving. Um, I've been a corrections officer for the last 20 years and you know I know a lot about the previous topics the uh, group formation psychosis uh, post-traumatic stress disorder you know a lot of that Um, when vaccine mandates first came out um, I know that the uh, State Department of Corrections was trying to mandate on inmates first I spoke out against that and uh you know put my livelihood on the line thankfully you know i'm still employed and everything and i helped uh state county government employees and employees that work for uh, private sector prisons and security agencies fight back against these uh, vaccine mandates other than that i am a proud patriot who loves my country and i love the people that are in my country and you know, I'm I'm an agitator on social media. The reason I call myself an agitator is because the people that, you know, fall under this uh, group psychosis, they get, uh, you know, they get really heated about some of the things I post and some of the things I talk about. I do my best to be active in the community. And, you know, I try to, uh, I try to red pill people in the strictest sense of the matrix on uh, both sides of the aisle, regardless of uh, their political affiliation. So I'm happy and honored to be here. Thank you, Sean. Hey, Mark, welcome back. Oh, thanks so much. <laughs> Mark's always got interesting insights on things. Well, thank you. Uh, I do own Los Ranchos Gun Shop. I moved to New Mexico in 2014, a refugee from Ohio, which at the time seemed like a blue state, which is now reliably red. Yeah. Moving to New Mexico, which seemed like a purple state, which is now sadly reliably blue. And we need to change that. Hopefully not for long. Absolutely. We need to wake up and just understand that the values of the Democrats, the historical New Mexico Democrats is not reflected in the I-25 corridor, it is reflected in what most people remember as being JFK Democrats. And the party left them. And we were talking before went on the radio about Mm -hmm. Tulsi Gabbard. It is time for Democrats to understand that the party left them and they need to find a new home. Totally agree. Right. Yeah. But we're actively involved in education. We want people to understand their responsibility uh, to protect themselves, to enjoy the pleasure of going out to the range and shooting, learning the discipline of shooting. It is not about being military prepared because the civilian market isn't designed to be prepared to be a militia. Each of us has a responsibility to protect ourselves, our family, and our community in a way that we do not become the burden on that community. If we're offended, if we have someone breaking into our home, we know that the police will be there sometime. 
But the action that needs to be taken is now. And the way, the best way to do that is through education. And if you choose to use a firearm, there's a responsibility that goes with that. If you choose to be a lamb and accept what happens, there are still things you can do to protect your home and your family that do not involve the use of lethal force. Mm -hmm. We don't advocate lethal force. We advocate using the force necessary or the actions necessary to protect yourself in your car, in your home, and as you're going out doing normal things. You should not have to be scared to go to Walmart. Yet we are because we read in the paper every day as to what happens. It's not about the gun, at least not at Los Ranchos Gun Shop and really I think all the quality gun shops in New Mexico. It's not about the gun, but it is about being aware and taking action. That's what we're about, and I'm always happy to be here because I feel challenged with you. <laughs> well, good. I must be doing a good job then. <laughs> you know, and, I, and I agree with you. You know, a, a weapon in the hands of a righteous person is an asset. A weapon in the hands of an unrighteous person is a liability. It all depends on the heart of the person and, you know, what they're, what they're willing to do. And the people that are unrighteous, they don't care about laws and everything else. They're not people that are going to be frequenting Mark's shop. They're people that are going to be buying a, you know, a surplus Soviet AK-47 out of the trunk of a car on Central. That's illegal. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, criminals don't care about laws. That's that's the thing that drives me crazy about these these laws they pass to restrict firearms. It only affects law-abiding citizens. It doesn't affect the criminals. The criminals are going to get guns one way or the other. Exactly. Or and if they can't get a gun, they're going to find some other way to kill people. There are lots of ways to kill yeah. people that don't involve a gun. If if people want to kill, they're they're going to do it. I mean, working in the working in the in corrections for the last twenty years, I've seen you know if people want to hurt people, they're going to do it. I've seen people do it with pieces of wire. I've seen people do it with Jolly Ranchers. I've seen people. <laughs> That's do funny. It. You should mention that. Yes. Did you ever watch the show uh, Orange Is the New Black? Yes. I remember when they were doing a, a bed check. And they found that somebody had taken Jolly Ranchers and made a shank out of it. Yeah, that's something that was actually, uh, that's something that's based on reality. That's something that we've seen before. Jolly Ranchers, cellophane wrap, um, toilet paper. Toilet paper? Toilet paper. How do you make a weapon out of toilet paper? You get toilet paper, toothpaste, some sugar, get it real nice and wet, compact it down. Let it dry, it's as hard as a rock. It's a little bit like paper mache, only harder. Yeah, Interesting. So it's, you know, it's, it can be done. We do not sell toilet paper, sugar, or <laughs> <laughs> any, any of those. You don't sell Jolly Ranchers either? No, but uh, innovation is really where it's at. Yeah. And it is amazing that criminals are as innovative as they are. They are opportunists. But we always think, well, criminals can't be that smart. They get caught. Well, the problem is when they're caught and they're incarcerated, they're taught to be better criminals. Right, I've heard that. And it is amazing to me that we really do imprison the wrong people. You have a law-abiding citizen who makes a mistake in judgment, and 
maybe they don't need to be incarcerated, yet the person who's down on their luck and the system processes them saying, well, they had a tough childhood, let's give them a second, third, fourth chance. I mean, when I look at uh, driving under the influence, I mean, you don't see jail in this state until your sixth, seventh, eighth time or until you kill somebody. In Ohio, your first opportunity to be caught, you're going to do three days. Oh, I know. I grew up in Ohio. I know they're really, really hardcore on the DWI thing. You know, the thing I mentioned before about DWIs, it's like, okay, so you say, oh, well, I've only, I've only been uh, pulled over once for DWI. That's the only time you ever got caught. Right. You know, hey, guys, so we're, we're at the break. So uh, we'll be back here in a few minutes and we'll continue. Dr. Dan Lafferty. And I'm Dr. Stephanie Z from ABQ Gentle Dentistry. Putting off a trip to the dentist due to dental anxiety? Let us ease your fears. At ABQ Gentle Dentistry, we are gentle from your first phone call with the receptionist to the dental chair for treatment. We offer oral conscious sedation, IV sedation, and nitrous gas. We have the latest technology to handle all your dental needs right in our office. Same day crowns, 3D x-rays, 3D printing, digital intraoral photos, and laser technology. Let us transform your life by transforming your smile into a smile you can love. We also offer clear tray orthodontic therapy. You're part of the family here at ABQ Gentle Dentistry. Gentle is not just our name, it's how we treat our patients. We accept most insurance plans and also work with multiple lending companies to help make financing possible. Y hablamos español. We're located at 4550 Eubank Boulevard, Northeast, Suite 101. Give us a call at 505-292-8588 to begin your journey to an awesome smile. Or on the web at albuquerquegentledentist.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Genter from High Desert Chiropractic and Wellness. For 27 years, I've been helping patients by gently treating the root cause of their health issues, not just symptoms. Treatments include various chiropractic techniques and therapies, such as electrical stimulation, ultrasound and intersegmental traction, or the roller table. Let's help you be your best self by helping you achieve optimal wellness and maintain it lifelong. Located at 5310 Homestead Road, Northeast, call us at 505-292-2226. After 45 years in the same location, Los Ranchos Gun Shop has moved to 6621 4th Street Northwest in Los Ranchos. New space, new inventory, but still committed to serving the safety needs of our guests. One block north of our old location, but still filled with no pressure. Locally owned and operated, proud of our commitment to service and community, and happy to support Talk Radio KDAZ. Interested in getting your concealed carry permit? 
Perkins Protection Training offers state-approved concealed carry classes for both New Mexico and Utah, taught by a certified NRA instructor, local woman-owned and ran by husband-and-wife team since 2004. Individual coaching ensuring every student learns according to their individual needs, complete with pre-class and follow-up tutoring. One-on-one, beginner, and advanced classes also available. Mention KDAZ for 10% off class. Call 505-238-1214. That's 505-238-1214 or on the web at PerkinsProtectionTraining.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to Freedom Speak. I'm your host, Becca Marie, and you are listening to Conservative Talk, ABQKDAZ 96.9 FM, AM 700, and listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. I'm um, here with my guests today, Sean Ebright and Mark Abramson from Los Ranchos Gun Shop. And uh, before the break, we were talking, we kind of got off on this tangent, we were talking a little bit about uh, basically how to properly react to a situation with a firearm and and I, I and I just want to add to that conversation that you know I've I've had concealed carry class as you know I see Dale Perkins every couple of years um, and uh, one thing you have to do it's like I personally think everybody should be armed I think uh, that the more people are armed I think the more peaceful society will be I think uh, criminals are going to be a lot uh, less likely to do a crime if they have this fear that everyone around them is armed. That's just my personal feeling. But the thing is about a firearm is, and you learn this in concealed carry class, is that it's a last resort. You don't look for a fight. If you can walk away from a fight, you're supposed to do that. But if, if you have to fight, um, you better be prepared to use that weapon and not hesitate. Yep. You fight like you're the third monkey on the ramp to Noah's Ark, and it's starting to rain. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> hey, so um, I wanted to talk, you know, as, as you guys know, Joe Biden was in town yesterday. And it, it would seem, and I think this is really a good sign, I, it would seem to me that the Democrat Party is really concerned about New Mexico because they're sending in everybody. They sent in Kamala, and now they sent in Biden. Um, you know, they've got busy schedules, so it's like uh, if they're taking the time to come to New Mexico, they're obviously concerned. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, it is a good thing, but yeah. they haven't, the Democrat strategists haven't, they haven't seen the forest for the trees. They need to look at the fact that everywhere Biden has been has been the death knell of their candidate. Well. So I want to talk a little bit about that speech he did yesterday. Oh, Lord. Okay. Now, I know Mark watched it. Sean, you said you didn't. I saw some excerpts, but okay. I didn't get a chance to watch it. So you might have heard thing. a little bit about it. Yeah. Saw a little bit of it. Okay, that's cool. So one thing I noticed, I, 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 took, I watched the whole thing from beginning to end. A lot of the time what I'll do is I'll watch these speeches, and then I'll take just notes along the way, just so that I remember everything that I heard. And so the first thing I noticed is that they never showed 
the crowd in the camera. Never showed it. And I was listening to the sounds of the crowd when he would say something, and it sounded like a really limited number of people. And I think they didn't show the crowd because I think the crowd was really small. As a matter of fact, I even questioned... <laughs> It's crazy. I even question whether or not when the when the when the crowd was cheering, if it was even real. It sounded canned on the. Couple was it of inserted? Uh, was it yeah. inserted applause? You know, like they do in like a studio audience or something. I don't know. It seemed like it was a hand-picked audience. Uh, I was taken with the fact that there were no crowd pictures, and it tells me that there and and the sound of applause was very limited. Oh, it was. So I know that everyone in that room was stacked for the governor and her reelection bid, but it did not sound like there was a big turnout. I wanted to see faces. I yeah. wanted to see masks. I wanted to. <laughs> you see know, the room was full of masks. Whoever oh, yeah. was in there, group psychosis. I, yeah, and everyone driving there wearing a mask in their own car. Right. But oh yeah. Alone. 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 Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> That's part of your derangement syndrome. Mass formation psychosis. That's a perfect example of it. But, um, and even in today's paper, I think during his speech, they said there were a thousand people in today's journal, but most of them were outside the room. And that probably included the Secret Service and his staff that was there with him as well, which yeah. I bet. I, I did see one picture, and there was quite a few of them. I mean, you know, not to be not to be negative, but I, I get out and about, and I'm pretty active in the community where I'm at, and I'm hard-pressed to find a 1,000 people that even support the governor, let alone Biden. Oh, you've oh, got to yeah. come to my neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, Michelle Howie signs are, there's about six, but my neighborhood's 72% Democrat. Yeah. which tells me there's not a lot of excitement about this governor and her reelection, which is good Yeah, because they can stay home. or And save knows? lives. Yeah, they can stay home and <laughs> save lives, exactly, yes. So he made a lot of the comments in, in, in his speech that I wanted to go through. Okay, first of all, he said he took office and the economy was in ruins when he took office. Okay, now, why was the economy in ruins? Well, the economy was in ruins because of Democrat governors, for the most part. You know, I, I went to, uh, last week, I went down to Carlsbad to do some work down there. And I did not recognize Carlsbad anymore. When I first moved to New Mexico, I lived in Carlsbad for a little while, and that was about... Um, almost 20 years ago. At that point in time, Carlsbad was a small town. Really, it was a small town. Literally, almost everybody knew everybody. I loved it there, actually. But I went there this past, a, a few days ago, to do some work, and, oh my God, Carlsbad is now a sprawling, what do I call it? Boomtown is what I call it. Now, what's different about Carlsbad as opposed to, like, most other places in New Mexico? Carlsbad, I remember, Carlsbad, for the most part, thumbed their nose at the governor and said they weren't going to follow the mandates. That's what I remember. 
Right. And as a result, Carlsbad has grown like crazy. People have gravitated there. And I, I love Joe Biden's comments on the economy. I remember January 21st, 2021, I was paying a buck 92 a gallon for gas and uh, eggs weren't $7 a carton. Yeah, imagine that. Mm-hmm. Of course, he tries to lie about that now. He tries to say, um, he says things like, oh, well, I've lowered gas prices. Uh, they were, you know, uh, they were $5 a gallon or whatever, and now they're down by almost $1.50 or whatever he said. But the thing is, he caused the gas to go up in price. Now, here's an interesting thing that I thought of. Actually, I thought about this overnight. Sometimes when I'm thinking, I come, when I'm sleeping, I come up with these interesting ideas. He's often saying how the oil companies are making record profits lately. Well, maybe they are, but I've got a good explanation for this. Okay, think about this. Joe Biden, with his Green New Deal nonsense, is doing everything he possibly can to put them out of business. Now, if you're like an oil company, or you run any business, you know, Mark, you understand this, you're in business for yourself, you have a certain amount of outlay out there, you've got money out there, you've invested in your business, you've bought inventory, you have planned ahead, you're saying, okay, I'm gonna spend this much money now, because I know this amount of time down the road, I'm gonna get a return on that investment. Now, if you think about the oil companies, they've done the same thing. They've got literally billions of dollars out there that they have invested in infrastructure and things like that, thinking that the, the oil market is gonna go a certain, dis, a, a certain way for a certain amount of time. Well, Biden is tearing all of that down. So they're in a panic, I'm guessing. They're probably saying, wow, we're going to be put out of business in the next several years. So we've got to figure out some way to recoup all of that investment we've made. So what does that result in? That results in higher prices. I think what you're seeing in California is probably the best example where there's going to be a wholesale push to go to e-vehicles, which may or may not be the future and there's reasons why that's a good thing and a bad thing yeah but if i'm an oil company how am i going to justify investing hundreds of millions of dollars to maintain facilities in california to make sure i meet the need of the largest gas market in the country how am i going to meet that need if i got to disassemble everything and stop selling it in 2035 mm-hmm so I'm not going to reinvest. I'm going to move my facilities inland. I'm going to move it to Arizona. I may move it to Nevada. I will likely move them to Utah to produce that so that it will still be produced, but it won't be produced in California, which means that the highest or nearly highest gas prices in the country are going to continue to go up and up for those people because of a decision made by the governor and his legislature that was well-intentioned, consistent with their progressive messaging, mm -hmm. but is totally inconsistent with the needs of the people. And that's a real challenge. Mm -hmm. New Mexico wants to be, at least with this governor, wants to be California on steroids. Oh, yeah. And if we reelect MLG, 
we're going to see that. This is what I warn everybody about. Four years of unchecked Grisham Hall, or uh, not Grisham Hall, sorry, Luhan Grisham. Sorry, uh, <laughs> yeah. but you know, for the you know for the governor to get reelected, and if we return this legislature, watch out because we're going to have four years of uncontrolled chaos in the market. Where you look at Farmington, and it's going to be decimated mm-hmm. worse than it is now with the loss of coal. Right, and the Navajo people who generate revenue from the sale of coal are going to be heard. She doesn't care. No, they 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 are so focused on this green new deal, this 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 whole concept of re, of renewable energy, which I'm not against by the way. I'm not against renewable energy. I think it's wonderful. Okay? But the thing is, they're pushing it way ahead of schedule, okay? And I'm even seeing like these car manufacturers out there pushing these EVs. Now, why are they put well because they're under, under pressure too they're being told that by the year whatever year they've these crazy governors have chosen you are not going to be allowed to sell those car those gas cars anymore in my state so the car manufacturers are put into a spot too they're in the same kind of situation as the oil company it's like well we've got to we've got to do this or we're going to be put out of business so but here's the problem that we're going to run into well just like right now with we're um, how many days away are, are we now from running out of diesel? I mean that's terrifying because how do the trucks? What do the trucks run on that transport transport all of our goods and our food and things like that? They run on diesel. Right now, so the oil companies are in this position in which they don't know what the future is going to be, and and a lot of markets when it comes to the price, you've you've heard of the futures market. I'm I'm no expert on on the stock market, but I understand that it's it's all about speculation. Right now, the speculation for the for the oil companies is is confusing. It's right. like you know they're thinking, oh, we're going to be put out of business. So, but here's the problem we're going to run into: all of these people are going to be forced into buying all these EVs, which is going to stress the power grid even more. And we've already got. A lot of states, including New Mexico, which is stressing their power grid, California, they're already rationing power, that they're going to be pushing towards going to this all-renewable thing with the, the solar panels and the windmills, which are not uh, – what's the, what's the word? I'm, there's a word for a stable source of power that's always there all the time. I can't it's, remember what It's it not reliable or but, sustainable. But, but coal plants and gas plants, thing, they can run all the time. Right. You know, so – Windmills, solar, they don't run all the time. And we don't have a technology right now that is, that is really good at storing power. So we need something that can run all the time that can, that can support that grid. Well, they're pushing to put, put all these power plants out of business too. So what's going to happen is oil companies are going to be failing. The power companies are going to be shutting down their coal and gas plants and we're going to have a grid that is overstressed by a bunch of EV cars on the, on the road. What is that going to end up being? Right. It's going to end up being the apocalypse. And I want to address the, uh, the elephant in the room as far as renewable energy and everything goes. Um, like you take uh, New Mexico. 
you know, look at our state, look at our uh, history of natural disasters, grievous natural disasters like earthquakes, tornadoes, hurricanes. We don't get them here. No, we don't. We're a prime candidate for nuclear energy. But why? Why is everybody against nuclear energy? You know, for one, you know, people are like, oh, well, there's Chernobyl, Three Mile Island. They're citing these uh, accidents that are you know, on the grand scale of things. Based on outdated technology. Outdated technology. They're very few and far between. Most modern power plants have three or four reactors. They've got two of them running. When they have to decon those two to maintenance them and whatever, they fire up the other two. It's actually a safe and clean technology, but it's an old technology. There's no money in it for these people, for one. And for two, uh, record profits with the oil companies, what we were talking about you know, yeah, all the green stuff and everything sounds good, but they got to remember all this, uh, all this plastic, battery casing, wire casing, all of that stuff is made from petrochemicals. It is. All the lubricant that's in these uh, wind turbines, petrochemicals, solar cells are made, of, are made of petrochemicals. So the oil companies are still making money off of it. It's just they're having to shift their focus away from, you know, producing domestic fuels into producing more of these chemicals that are needed for these uh, renewable projects so it's really what they're doing with the green new deal it's just a you know going back to the uh, mass psychosis it's just shifting just shifting the environmental buck you know to something else and you know wowing the masses with oh we're not dependent on oil anymore because you know they like to keep their people completely completely in the dark and ignorant of the supply chain and how things actually work and there's also the human cost associated with it yes the rare earth minerals are coming from africa they're coming from china and they're using child labor yeah there's children working digging with their hands working bloody out there in children the as young as six years old yes and you want to talk about environmental impact i mean any any of the listeners out there i invite you to go look at uh just just use Google. I mean, even though Google's not really our friend, just look for pictures of a lithium mine. They strip mine and destroy miles and miles and miles of nature to get this lithium out of the ground. It's We're just putting the uh, environmental impact somewhere else, whereas, you know, an oil well takes up a space about the size of your living room. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is about these activists, these environmentalists, they... They absolutely don't want strip mining done in this country. They don't want children being forced into labor in this country. But they're okay with it being done as long as it's in somebody else's country. That's really, really disingenuous. It is. It's disingenuous just like the whole, uh, you know, equity, equality thing, which we'll get into more later. They're just... uh, you know, as long as these uh, as long as these uh, people have a different label, insert ethnic group, country group, whatever here, and it's not us, it's okay. But the moment that it starts being done to us, to our group, our label, it's it's no good. Oh yeah, it's the level of pollution being created in China and India, where most of the world's goods are coming from or through now, and it's okay. As and long as it's in China. We don't care about it as long as it's over there. As long as it's in China. But if we have cow farts in Portales, somebody better call the cops. (laughs) That's right. Yet a nuclear explosion in China, an above-ground test in China, we have to bring all of our agriculture undercover. You may remember in the 80s when this was occurring, 
that storms would bring in fallout all kinds of fallout and we worry about that but we don't talk about it and it's not ending no well when that stuff gets in the upper atmosphere it circulates all over the world you know, you're always hearing about nuclear winter and things like that if there was uh, nuclear bombs that were used and you hear about how it could spread all over the place well, it's the same thing with the stuff that China's putting into the atmosphere. It's ending up here eventually. I was reading something. Uh, it was in the, which liberal rag was it? I think it was the Atlantic. Some of these uh, diehard climate cultists were even talking about the situation going on with Ukraine and tensions between us and Russia, saying that a nuclear war would be a good thing for the environment because it could reduce global warming. I mean, how crazy is that? Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I think what's more, and I know you want to talk about Ukraine later, but what's going on there is wild. And you have to feel for the Ukrainians and you have to hate the Russians, but it does not answer the question about our involvement in that. Right. But the Iranians are sending drones to Russia. The North Koreans and the Chinese have all, they're watching. Everyone's watching as to what our reaction is what Western Europe is going to do, what Eastern Europe is doing, they're trembling. Poland has done the right thing and taken in refugees like crazy. But someone's got to support Poland. They can't do it on their own, and they have a pretty robust economy Mm -hmm. and great industry. But Russia has put itself, because Putin sees himself as Peter the Great, until we get this thing resolved, I mean, the world is uncertain. And that uncertainty is devastating to the United States. When you talk about prognosticating for the oil companies and the auto companies, you know, they have people who sit there and do nothing but think about the future. And it's hard to model with all this uncertainty. Oh, there's so much uncertainty. That is a big problem. That's what I was pointing out about right. the, the price of oil. It's like, you know, Biden is saying, well, the, it's these greedy oil companies. It's like they're just, they're gouging people. It's like, no, you're causing, matter of fact, I will go as far as saying that Biden is the cause of all of this stuff going on, every bit of it. It's like, think about the, we've got an energy crisis in Europe now too. That's Biden's fault as well, okay? He's trying to, Biden's trying to blame it on Putin. It's like, uh, sorry, you know, if we were still energy independent, we wouldn't care what Putin was doing. Well, and it's like, not only that, but we had excess energy we, we could export. We could be helping well, Europe right now. But now he's put us up in right. a position in which we can't. He's draining, our na- he's draining our strategic reserves even. Right, and that's something I can point out real quick. Uh, Donald Trump, whether people love him or hate him, it is, it's immaterial. The fact is, he was a strong leader, and, you know, this wouldn't have happened under him. No. And the reason being is because Putin knew that if he did what he did right now, you know, you can pardon my French, but uh, Trump would have put his foot up his ass. Yeah, well, you know, the thing is, is that if Trump was still president, number one, we'd still be energy independent. Right. We would be able to help out Europe. And, And not only that, but this problem with Russia wouldn't even be happening. Like you said, it's like... One thing that Trump was really, really good at, he was good at dealing with these difficult leaders overseas. He was good at dealing with Putin. He was good at dealing with, uh, with uh, North Korea, you know? 
he lit. Yeah, I remember that that day where he was there at the at the border, and he literally stepped across the border yeah. into North yeah. Korea. It's like, wow, oh my god! And instead of cowering behind soldiers, he just yeah. walked in there like a boss he and said, "I'm going to meet this guy." That's right. And the guy had respect for him. Right. You know, world leaders had respect for Trump. But I will tell you, with this level of inflation that we're living with right now, the biggest benefactor, the biggest profiteering is going on with government. When you look at how much money this poor state of New Mexico is taking in and how it is allocating those monies and trying to find more ways to spend that are not sustainable, it's crazy. And no one is saying anything because the legislature has authorized payoffs to the people, regardless of whether they paid in or not. Why are we collecting this level of tax to run a state that doesn't need the money by their own admission? It ought to be going into a rainy day fund, yet Constitutional Amendment 1 is trying to take more money out of a permanent fund to provide a benefit that may or may not work for young people right now. Right. And we still have a governor that is uh, enshrined with her emergency powers because of the scandemic who can do a lot of things and spend that money with no accountability to anybody. Divided government continues to be the safest bet this country has. So if we have a Democrat president, and we will for the next two years, yeah, we will. We need Maybe. a Republican-controlled legislature to put a break on it. Unless right. the Republicans take over Congress and actually have the guts to get rid of him, I don't think they do. That would uh, that now, a lot of them are vowing that they're going. The first thing they're going to do is impeach Biden. It's like, will Why? they have the guts to do that? I don't know. Why? Because you know who that makes president? Well, they got to impeach yeah. her too. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and you know who's behind her? Yeah, right now it's Nancy Pelosi. Well, that Nancy would be Pelosi so won't terrible. be in power anymore. You think? But I don't think so. I think Dominion has something to say about that. It's well, we're going to find <laughs> out. Yeah, it's it's just wild that because New Mexico is so controlled by one party. And by the way, I would say the same thing if the Republicans held all the power in the state. No, they would probably be out of control. Also, oh yeah. We, because they all love to spend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a real problem that Republicans talk conservatism, but then spend like crazy. Nice. Because there are needs in this country, but it's the allocation mm -hmm. of those needs and the lunacy of all these liars who aren't even paid in New Mexico yeah. or are paid inadequately. And they're governing our lives. And we let them. Hey, guys, we're at the end of the first hour. So um, in the next hour, we're going to continue this because I think there's a lot we can dig into on this Biden speech because it just goes off onto so many other tangents. And I, I think it's a really good discussion. So we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. IR2. Yeah.